everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Championship Corner. I got Darren Harris on from Michigan State. Super pumped. Before we get going, though, man, I want you to share with the audience a wild and crazy story. Either it could have been a crazy locker room story, something like crazy a coach has ever told you. It could have been from Pee Wee College Pro. Like it doesn't even matter. Uh, but what's what's a wild story? And then as soon as you uh, follow or as soon as you answer that, it's like just kind of introduce yourself, give a little bit of backstory and we'll just start diving in. For sure, man, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, you know, you play college ball. Um, there's always wild and crazy. Oh, stories. Yeah. Some you want to put out there, some you don't. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, you know, I think one of my, um, you know, kind of favorite and wild stories is is comes from our uh, 2014 year when we actually won the Cotton Bowls, when we came back to beat Baylor, uh, we were down by 21 going into the fourth quarter against the highest-powered offense in the country, came back and won. But it was to start the bowl week. Um, so uh, even prior to that and before this day and age of, like, jersey combinations and all this craziness, yeah, like, it was a really special occasion if you had, like, you know, a, a different jersey combo in terms of colors. Uh, that you wore. So um, I was a junior at the time. I was on our Eagle Council, our leadership council. And uh, before we went down to to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl, we had talked with uh, our head coach, Coach D, about what we were going to wear for the game. Yeah. And I think we decided that we wanted to wear white tops and green bottoms. He had not decided yet that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. somehow we got it to our equipment staff that he said that that was okay. So get down there, going through practice all through the week. It's all good. And we get to picture day and we come rolling out there as a team with white tops and green bottoms. And he flips He's <laughs> like, I didn't authorize this. I didn't say this. This is not acceptable. Blah, blah, blah. It's the day before the game. And so, you know, to make a long story short, he, he ultimately had somebody that was still back here in East Lansing, go to the equipment room, pick up the white pants and fly down to Dallas Within a 24-hour span, oh, shit. pants arrive before the game, and then we have one of the greatest comebacks ever. So we got to blame it on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they pants. weren't even but, there. That's insane. Yeah, they weren't there. No, they weren't there. <laughs> and so just to – that was like, you know, obviously a, a, a crazy story in terms of like, you know, we as players thought we could get away with something. Right, yeah, um, yeah. But also just the uh, – the, the power of college football and how quickly you can actually make something happen. Because it's not like this was like beginning of the week. This right. was the day before the game. Like the game is less than 24 hours away and we need to get 120 pairs of yeah. football pants <laughs> thousands of miles away down here and yeah. we make it happen. So. The power of college football, right? Yeah. I know I always say it's like my background's in, in wrestling and – uh wrestled at wvu and like people i said like 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 what was it like when you were there i'm like well let me describe it to you this my freshman year we got two gilden t-shirts and one <laughs> one pair of champion shorts right, like, that's what right. they're like seriously i'm yeah. like yeah man <laughs> you have no idea how you how good especially with people with nike deals and adidas and like whoever no it's like no spoiled doubt. rotten it's a wild world it's a crazy crazy world yeah man so if you want to just dive in kind of give a little bit of backstory obviously you know you touched on like being a player if you just kind of want to bring us up to speed on like who you are <laughs> where you were and like where you are now like and kind yeah, of like, for sure. dive in for like sure. kind of what you're doing for sure so uh, yeah i played at michigan state from 2011 to 2015 and um 
you know, had a really successful career here, really loved my my time here at Michigan State and felt like if I ever got an opportunity to come back uh, in some capacity, I'd love to do that, to be on staff, to, to help empower student athletes, to have a great experience like I did, and even to take it to the next level. So kind of fast forward through my professional playing days and, um, you know, quick stint in corporate America uh, when, when Coach Tucker was was hired in 2020. Uh, he brought me in as director of player engagement to do all of our off the field programming and um, kind of grew with that role and, um, you know, created some new programs and um, got involved in some other spaces. And then uh, most recently, uh, as of two weeks ago, uh, transitioned over to administration as our assistant AD for NIL and special advisor athletic director. So um, it's been a been a really uh, successful, I'd say, transition the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's different. It's been a lot of work. Hit the ground running. Um, dropped in some fires. Is but that's you know kind of what you you wanted it, yeah. to be bored. Um, and been obviously different. You know, not being with football day to day, even to the point of not being you know that directly affiliated with training camp. Uh, for the first time in 16 years straight has yeah. just been a weird transition. Um, but excited about the opportunities I have now to impact all 23 of our uh, sports area at Michigan State and, and work with uh, some different folks here, um, different coaches, and <clears throat> um, just, you know, get a different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to touch on, like, you used the word, like, when you were coming in, uh, what was it, player engagement? Is that kind of yeah. like the title mm-hmm. of it is – I'm a big fan of this word. So, A, I'd like love to know like kind of like what your meaning is behind it and then like dive a little bit into like what you were actually doing. You mentioned like I came in to like help like empower these athletes, yeah. right? Because I feel like that's a super empowering word, no pun yeah. intended, right? Like, and so it's like as you came in, what are some of the things? Because I know you created like a couple programs there and you were really like involved in helping them be humans too yeah, right yeah, like absolutely. like yeah. you know figure life out right because like college is this odd transition like you get there and you figure like you have all this shit figured out and then like you feel stress and overwhelmed and anxiety and it's like you don't even know especially as a male athlete right oh, it's yeah. like you don't start talking to anybody you don't start telling anybody you just assume that you're just going to figure it out one day down the road so i'm curious like what are some of the things that you did to empower those and talk about some of the programs that you developed there yeah, no, you're spot on. So, you know, the way I looked at it is uh, I've always said I had a phenomenal experience at Michigan State. Um, you know, I'm a two-time grad from here, um, you know, originally from D.C. and and made East Lansing home base for me. Yeah. I love being from the DMV, but it was just something about East Lansing. Uh, and, you know, it your, your, your career often is defined by the success that you have in your athletic field. And we were also fortunate enough to have a lot of success. You know, we went 36 and five over my last three years playing here. Uh, Won championships, all that stuff was great. The one thing that I felt like we weren't able to explore and take advantage of though, was the network and the resources that Michigan state has to offer. And you look at, you know, what what we call uh, regular students, even though I don't really like using that term, but student athletes, and you see, you know, when they're going to career mixers and career fairs and they have internships and um, they're, they're, they're getting shadow opportunities and they're studying abroad and they have all these experiences that get them on the path to professional success, um, essentially right when they graduate. Um, now, right. as a student athlete, particularly in, in the sport of football, you know, your your focus is on becoming a professional athlete. Megan, we know that. And so. Right. With that comes some sacrifices of maybe you can't do internships as much or study abroad or things like that. 
but I always felt like there were opportunities uh, out there that we just weren't tapping into mm-hmm. because we didn't have anybody to facilitate it. And so that was like the beginning stages of, okay, I want to be in a space where I can just help uh, these student athletes facilitate opportunities that's going to be impactful for them and meaningful for them um, at any point in their life. And yeah. so, uh, you know, for me as as somebody that grew up doing a lot of different things. Um, you know, I was in Boy Scouts. I played saxophone. I played a bunch of different sports. Um, you know, I, I I thought school was cool. I got good grades. Like yeah. my parents exposed me a lot of different things. I wanted to take that mindset and spread it to everybody and say, hey, it's okay to be interested in other stuff. It's okay to be to be involved in other things. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And you may try something and and decide ultimately like, hey, I don't really like this. It's not for me. That that's totally okay. But we're not going to be siloed into just being an athlete or, quite frankly, just being a student. We're going to right. explore a lot of different things. And so that was kind of the, the beginning stages of what it was. And when I think of player engagement, I think of engaging, you know, the the student athletes in ways that they may have not been uh, accustomed to before or they may not have seen before. They may have known as out there. And uh, the beauty of it was Coach Tucker believes in the work also. So that's how we were able to get a lot done. Yeah, I'm curious how, like, did it change, did it develop in terms of, like, at the beginning, how open-minded were they to it, right? Because it's something new. Like, we don't like change. It's like, uh, like, I'm on this path. I feel comfortable. Like, I'm not too overwhelmed. I'll figure out that stuff, like, later on because only focus on plan A, right? And it's, like, this culture of, like, hustle, 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 right? Like, even when I got into, like, starting my own business, it was, like, this – hardwired belief it's like if you don't work 20 hours a day then you suck right like and it was like whoa no like that's not like you do need sleep it isn't okay so I'm curious like how open-minded and then like how have they become more open-minded do you see more like participation so to speak in terms of of like those conversations and people taking advantage of the resources that are there because I think it's a Tony Robbins quotes right it's like we don't lack resources we lack being resourceful um so yeah yeah, it was a, you know, it was an interesting situation, you know, that you mentioned that um, because we started as a staff in 2020. So we started in uh, February of 2020 and a month later, the world shut down. Totally. And what actually ended up coming from that as we moved into the summer was we literally can't play football. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We cannot do what you've only been focused on. So. You're either going to go off the deep end because we're telling you, like, basically, you can't leave your home. You can't leave apartment. You can't hang out with each other. Um, You know, we don't want to get any setbacks. We don't know if we're going to have a season. We're going to have a season. We're not going to have a season. We are going to aren't. You know, now we got to do all of these different things. And so it became, okay. what do you do with uh, a team of 120 football players that all they know during the summer is train, 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 get ready for the season? And so then all eyes turned to this player engagement guy. Yeah. And it was like, what are you going to do? <laughs> but it actually ended up um, being a, a situation where you had to step up earlier, you know, because, you know, I I had experience in knowing what I wanted to do, but not experience in working at this level. Um, yeah. And I was 26 when you get hired. So you're relatively young. And um, but then it became how can you engage these student athletes when you can't see them in person? Uh, they can't play their sport, you know, what are you going to do? Same time, it's election year. And so there was a big push across the country 
um, to get student athletes registered to vote uh, or just get them education on uh, the judicial system um, and the legislative system. So uh, that was the big focus, you know, for me was educating them on in that space and then also engaging with them and having them engage with each other. So we created uh, Zooms, you know, creating uh, Spotify playlists and judging other position groups playlists. We had guest speakers coming on, um, whether it was, um, you know, the governor or the secretary of state or other folks in the, um, you know, the, the political space just to educate on the process. Um, we were getting guys registered to vote online. Um, and then as kind of things started to open up, you know, we did a virtual Madden and 2K tournament. Yeah. Like we were doing, we were just kind of trying to come up with whatever we could well, do. Yeah engage them and and once we got in that rhythm and that routine and showed that hey they actually like doing these things then we ended up having a season uh and then 2021 things start to open up more and now it's like go yeah hey now you've kind of uh earned the trust of the staff and of the players so now it's it's kind of no holes barred now you can start putting into place what you're ultimately looking to do. And so that's when the weekly sessions started happening and the focuses throughout the year and things like that. Yeah. It's interesting. Like you like in that position at that time, it's um, powerful. I mean, it is, it's a powerful position. It's like, it's a difficult position because ultimately you're trying to shift the beliefs of 18, 19 and 20 year olds, right? They come in of, of like, I know all like, whether it's about voting, right? Whether it's about football, like whatever it is. And so it's fascinating to me, like people in your shoes, people in those positions, um, what you're able to do because <sighs> to be able to view the world through a different lens is like critical for success, right? Like you, you only know what you know, right? And being exposed to different ideas and different people and governors and like not a lot of people have that opportunity to to get that exposure. Um so yeah, that's like super cool, super fascinating. Um so do you still do any of that work at all? Like now that you have a new role, like are you helping guiding like that new person in that position? Kind of like what's your what's your involvement now? Yeah, so it'll be definitely some still what I would call development or engagement, but just from the more so the the NIL lens uh, yeah. now. Um, and then, you know, the the rest of it, yeah, has been uh, passed on to Kerr Richardson, who's who's uh, assumed the role of director and player engagement with football. He's going to do a phenomenal job. He's been doing player development, player engagement for years. He's worked with 500 NFL players, over a thousand college oh, wow. players. Yeah. You know, I don't there, there really isn't any any grooming there. I mean, yeah. I need things from him, to be honest. Um, so it's gonna be a great transition there. Pretty seamless transition, I feel like. Um, and this was the next step for me. But, yeah, it is, you know, a little bittersweet when you're you're kind of um, not necessarily leaving behind, but just transitioning on from that day to day interaction with one team, you know, with your guys um, or or women that you're working with. Um, that you essentially, as we're going into year four now with Coach Tucker, that you build relationships with since the recruiting process. Yeah. So now you see our recruiting classes come in. It's like, hey, I know your family. You know, I remember when you sat in my office on a recruiting visit and we're making a decision. Now you decide to come here. Now I'm helping you move in. Now, now you're 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 starting. You know, two yeah. years. You know, now you're thinking about the NFL, and I mean, 
So to see that process, uh, especially with, um, you know, men and women that you recruited, young men, men and women that you recruited from high school, that that that's special for sure. Yeah. But, you know, again, it is part of the transition. Um, and we've what we've established, you know, uh, and, and I always say this, like, I don't I don't see any competition when it comes to player development. I think right. every country should be buying in. Um, that's one space where ideas are bounced off each other a lot in the country. Um, but I, I do feel like we have the best player development program in, in the country for sure. Um, and I hope everybody feels that way. Right. In the- you actually care about your student athletes. So what we've built up, you know, will continue and uh, it'll definitely continue to make an impact. Yeah. So as you've transitioned, I know it's super new with like NIL, but like, man, I guess I just got to ask, like, how crazy of a world is it? Like, this is new, right? Like people, not everybody, but I mean, like, there's some people making some crazy money in this, right? Like, so like, I guess just kind of like help lay the foundation for everybody Um, now that you kind of like have, dipped your foot, dipped your toe in the water a little bit of that world. Um, Cause it's, I think everybody's still trying to figure it out. I think the NCA, I think, I think it, because it's so new, it's like, okay, like where, where are we going with this? We're not really sure yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is new. Um, and, you know, even this is, this is year two of it, you know, it was July of 2021. It is still new because things are ever changing. So it's not right. something been like, stagnant and in terms of like the rules or the regulations or how it is you know like the sport like sports change rules change and stuff but like football is still football right. <laughs> yeah you know, yeah it's still soccer basketball still basketball like hockey's hockey like you know so even if you've been co- if you've been coaching for 20 30 years like yeah you may have to adapt with some times and stuff like that but at the end of the day it's still weight room conditioning bigger faster stronger like that's it with NIL, everything changes so rapidly. And because of that, people are trying to figure out, you know, where to fit in and, and where their place is. And what doesn't help is when misinformation spreads. And yeah. so, you know, uh, when, you know, what is this person making? What is that person making? Is this true? Is that true? Is it really that much money? Is it not that much money? Yeah. They're getting the money. Is, is is this legal? Is it not like there's just so much to balance um, which is why you need somebody to focus on it. And so it's it's been a great uh, experience to kind of consolidate our our NIL focus uh, to myself, um, to Alex Bresky, our assistant AD uh, for, uh, you know, compliance and risk management. And then Ashton Henderson, our deputy AD, um, who oversees multiple units. Uh, um, and one of those was the NIL space, you know, sort of bring it down to us three really focused on it on a, on an everyday basis, uh, every second of the day, it's going to be a really beneficial for the department. Yeah. How much, um, I guess how much let's go from like the player standpoint, like as they're coming in, how much is misconstrued in their minds as they step foot on campus in terms of you having to sit down, like, let me educate you on actually how this works. <laughs> a, a pretty good amount, you know, um, now, some some of the stuff that they do come in saying is is accurate, and everybody's going to have different approaches to NIL. Um, you know, uh, you know the the big conversation and topic right now is on collectives, and mm-hmm. this work as any business, any entity. You know, there's different budgets, there's there's different valuations, like everything's different. So that's not streamlined either. So they right. will come in, and in every sport too. You know, it's it's every sport now, and say, well, I heard you know, I could get this much at this school or I can get this at that school. And 
you know, you just kind of have to figure out, is it true? Is it not true? Um, while at the same time, educating them on like, hey, we don't cut a check to you. Like we don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you get paid. You know, this this is not like, you're not going to sit down and extort me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we can't. <laughs> you know right, I mean? right, right. Cannot do that. It's on these entities or these brands or whatever um, to decide what to pay you. Just like, you know, Under Armour didn't, sit down with uh the warriors and decide what to pay steph curry you know nike right. didn't sit down you know from day one with the Cavs and say you know we want to pay lebron this and lebron's deciding between do i want to get drafted by the Cavs or get drafted somewhere it's like no the Cavs. he plays for the Cavs, you know and he also signed with nike it's it's the exact same thing here it's like yeah, you it's a good analogy decide to go to and then you can also sign to a brand, a collective, whatever it is. And so um, that's part of the job, too, is is definitely you want to educate during the recruiting process, the parents, uh, especially, um, and the recruits, but definitely the parents. Because, again, you don't want them to to get caught, you know, in, in, with misinformation and, yeah. and, and making a decision that they ultimately regret because of something they heard. And that's the I think that's the hardest part, because. You could be educating somebody and almost losing their commitment or losing their their, uh, you know, them actually liking you because they don't like what you're saying, even though right. you're just the right information. Right. But then well, all you're saying is you don't have an I.L. So I'm going to go somewhere else. It's like we're not saying that. It's just that somewhere else is not necessarily telling the truth. Right. But it's across sometimes yeah 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 what's been like the most unique fun thing obviously from going from one sport to 20 plus sports what's kind of been unique and fun about that i just love getting to know these these other coaches and their staffs you know i've uh you know traveled around the, the campus already to different athletic venues and sat down with coaches to, to either introduce myself or reintroduce myself or just to you know like hey i, I already knew you but we never actually sat down and had a conversation right. Um, because I've, you know, we've either seen each other at an event or I've waved at you while you're on the court or whatever um, when I came to support you at a game. And so I, I love all sports. Like there's not a sport or a piece of competition I don't like adore um, with a passion. And so for me to get to go and sit with Coach Nightingale from hockey, you know, it was great, you know, to get to sit with Coach Fraley from women's basketball, sit with Coach Johnson from volleyball. Um, to go watch their practices and see their operations like that's incredibly fun for me just as a fan of of sports in general um, but also I get a chance to impact their student athletes and it's going to take some time um, but you know I, I've loved working with football because it's a sport I play as I know right. I, I care about that program but I have an, an incredible passion for women's sports you know and so seeing them succeed on a high level uh, is really important to me and this is one of those spaces where we can make an impact and and we've already seen the impact, you know, the NCAA women's basketball tournament last year. We've seen the impact of investing in women's sports. And so if we're able to continue to do that, which I now have a hand in, um, that's that that excites me. It's interesting you bring that up. I feel like a lot of especially women's basketball, most people listening know like I'm pretty involved in like the college gymnastics world as well. It's like those sports seem to be freaking on the like big on the rise, like viewership getting like being on ESPN more than once a year, like whatever it is. It's like, I feel like women's sports is like really taking off. They're dominating um, in all facets. They're, they're definitely, 
um, on the professional level, for sure. Um, I mean, you could you turn on, you know, any sports network or or any, you know, Instagram page and you see that just this absolute domination and records are being set. I mean, I think Asia Wilson just dropped 53 the WNBA, you know, a couple of days ago and um, Sabrina Inesco, uh broke the, the three point record at the uh, three point contest during All Star Weekend for men's and women's hit more than Steph Curry did, and it's so you see these records being broken, um, and it's it's phenomenal, you know. Uh, and then you go and you look at the NIL space, you look at um, you know how these women are um, representing themselves, but also representing others and giving back to the community and um you know inspiring the next generation it's it's great to see yeah 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 totally what do you feel like will continue to help like propel them forward yeah um i i think it's it's getting people to uh as you said to to come out to fill arenas to fill stadiums turn the tv on and just see the product and then when you when you see the product I feel like you get a new respect like when your eyes are exposed to that like when you get to go out and watch like practice and it's like it's a whole different it's a whole different level branding it's marketing that's anything you know that that's how that's how any any sports entity you know comes up and and um and and builds is how do you go out there and get people to show up mm-hmm. and that you know through your uh engagement on social media nowadays and um, sometimes it's just going out there and, 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 you know, door to door, literally or figuratively, you know, going around and, and getting people into the arenas and the stadiums. And then once they're there, that's how they get hooked. You know, that's something I focused on last year was taking our, our, uh, our football team to every sporting event on, on campus, you yeah. know, be, uh, it, it without, sometimes without the push, you just don't even think to go which is okay. You know, you got a million things to think about. So again, that's what that facilitation piece comes in. So, yeah. you know, I took them to hockey and you can imagine, you know, it's team football guys. So 75% of the team had never been to a hockey game before, which is, which is fine. Like it's right. okay. But then they go and they're like, this is, I had a fantastic time. Yeah. You know, um, we went to, took the whole team to a volleyball game. Um, we went to gymnastics. We went to a wrestling meet, like, you know, and then they get in there and they're like, Oh, other people come watch too. It's like, yeah, imagine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you don't know, and yeah. that's okay. You know, it's 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 ignorance, but it's it's okay that yeah. they're because they should be because maybe they didn't have access to that. You know, maybe they were. You know, we, if we get guys from the south, I mean, you know, hockey is just not going on there. You know, for me from the east coast, I knew soccer and lacrosse were big because of I'm from Maryland. You know, but somebody from the Midwest, maybe lacrosse yeah. is not a thing. So how would you even know to go explore it? So, you know, when, when you look at it through that lens, like just getting them to go to these different things. Um, and, and then with that, like if we put out a Twitter post or X or whatever it is now that hey, football was at the volleyball game, that's going to get more people out. Yeah. You know, always here because everybody's going to go to football and, and men's basketball, you know, yeah. but come to a gymnastics meet when we're in a rivalry match is packed you know volleyball set attendance records last year there's over seven thousand people at every 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 match every game i mean that's that's a lively you know setting to be in and it's fun yeah it's it's i always i had a business partner from mississippi football guy played ball at bama like i was wrestling 
they don't have wrestling in Mississippi. So when we first met, he was like, like, what do you, like, what, like, what do you do? And then yeah. like, he watched me like start training some guys. And like years, like later, he was like telling all his football players, like, bro, y'all need to go wrestle. Like, you're not tough enough. Like get over there. You're not tough enough. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just interesting, especially at a young age too. It's like learning, like you said, you were exposed to so much. Um, and that's so important for a gazillion reasons um, beyond like the athletic benefits. Um, one thing I want to ask too, is like how involved like are you or like how much do you see just building personal brands, right? Especially in the the football realm or really in any sport, if you're a big name, it's like, is that within the NIL realm? Is that something that you guys educate on? Or is that more in like, I guess, is there like a social media type department that sits down with them? <laughs> The NIL realm, um, you know, personal brand and development is uh, what what I call kind of the fifth piece of of the holistic 360 degree student athlete experience. So it used to just be academics, athletics, of course, and then they added in like, oh, hey, you know, there is, you know, the spiritual, mental, emotional mm-hmm. side that's pretty important, you know, and then yeah. it's like, hey, social life, like we can't forget that piece. So that was like the big four when I was playing. And now personal brand is the fifth that you have to add in. If you're not focused on that, um, you know, I, I feel like you're, you're kind of doing your student athletes a disservice. So um, it, it is hard to get all five in, in terms of fitting it in and finding time, but we do um, yeah. you know, have a, a brand development program that, you know, we call define you. Um, and it's just focused on, um, you know, personality development and uh, social engagement, community impact, content creation, all those types of things. And it's still growing it's still building, um, but, you know, some of the main focuses for now are uh, public speaking training. That, yeah. That's the thing that we're we're big on. And, uh, you know, how do you galvanize an audience and how do you tell your story? What are what are the the tools to do that? You know, because that's the number one, you know, way and uh, kind of the first step into being an influencer. Just tell your day to day story because that's all people really want to know. Entertainment. Just, Entertainment. Yeah. Period. Um, so we focus on that and then, um, we, we've, you know, expanded to, you know, pitch decks and, 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 um, you know, media kits is coming next and things like that, you know, because if you're not, if you're not bought into that, um, and, and because that's what the student athletes care about, then you're not really meeting them where they are. And, and that's what we're here to do. Well, it's interesting. Even like when I reached out to you, it's like the power of stories, right? It's like, that's why I want to have these conversations because I feel like, like I can get on and tell the same story over and over and over again. Or you could like behind closed doors, tell me your story and be like, let me tell you this. Like, it doesn't work that way. It's like when somebody sits down, it's like a mood. It's why movies move people, right? It's this idea of directors are just master storytellers. <laughs> and I think that we as people, whether we want to build our own brand, whether we want to build a business, like whatever it is, if we want to move somebody, if we want to create certainty and build somebody to actually take some action, it's like, has to be done through like stories where they can, people can just feel understood, right? Like ultimately that's as human beings, it's like, that's what we want. We want relatability. We want connection. We want trust. We want to feel like understood. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. I'm, I, I, I have been curious in terms of like how that's built into like a lot of these programs versus people just randomly posting all the time on social media. <laughs> um. Cool. So a uh, couple more things I want to like tie in. I want you to go back and talk about like the foundations of like 
because it's not a magic bullet, right? Like success leaves tracks. It's like one of the athletes called me up, told me the other day, they're like, oh my God, I read all these books. And it's like, you guys are saying like such similar things. I'm like crazy, right? Like I did, I told you, I didn't make any of this up, right? I didn't claim to be like this super genius in that way. So going back to like when you were, because I feel like the ability to have that success, like as a player, as an athlete, and to get exposure to what that feels like, um, what do you feel like enabled you personally and as a team to achieve the level of success that you that you experienced to be able to like help them understand it's like like creating high performing teams it's not magic right there's just basic fundamental things and if you guys will focus on the basics right like we'll be able to build that so what 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 how do you relate from what you experienced into like now yeah i mean you know uh, like you said it's really not about reinventing the wheel it's the, the blueprints already there um and you know i think for for me and for the success that we had it was you know, one about just willing to be coached. I mean, that was a mm. big that, you know, is <laughs> again, it seems so simple, but uh, you you and I both know it's not just willing to be coached um, and willing to be realistic, you know, yeah. about our place on a team. You know, my my dad was really instrumental in that having gone through it as, as a, you know, a high level athlete himself. You know, he was like, listen, dude, like you're probably not going to play for your first couple of years. So I so I don't want to you're not calling. I don't want to hear don't call home. <laughs> He's like you can, you know, control what you can control. And that's your your attitude, your leadership and being in shape. That's what you can control. Uh, and if you do those things, you can get an opportunity. And so lo and behold, that's what happened for me. You know, you you red shirt because everybody red shirted at that yeah. time. Yeah, that's crazy. Break the special teams and then. You play a little bit, and then I got my break actually in the Rose Bowl, you know, because the the player in front of me couldn't play in the game, and you know I give him a break in there, and then all of a sudden you're you're part of a great game winning play, and then you start for two years, and you get a chance to play in the NFL. Like it, it's but if if I had gotten upset because I had the red shirt or because I only played special teams my second year, and then played if we were up by a hundred, um, and third year was was really just special teams and playing on third down, then you know, it wouldn't be at this, it wouldn't be at this yeah. state at this point. And so just having, you know, that, that patience and being realistic, um, I, I think is, is really critical. Um, I want to ask you something with that. So the idea of like patience, because like the hot, the, the portal, right? Like that's a big, 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 big topic. And we don't have to go like super in depth in it, but do you feel like a lot of like, we can call it this generation, this, this group of athletes is, I don't want to say like, do they lack the patience of, of like just letting things develop, whether that's being on a team or whether that's sweeping the floors at a company to be able to be like, you know, a board member one day. Like, I feel like, you know, it's like kind of the David Goggins, like you got to be able to callous the mind. Right. It's like, I feel like uh, that's kind of a lost art a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit, you know, and it's, it's tough because you, you, you know, I see the benefits. In totally. The I mean, there's a balance a hundred percent. I mean, we, you know, we had a kid named Kenneth Walker III two years ago, and he's the best player in college football, you know, that you get from the portal. Um, but I, I think that when you take an example like that, he was looking at his situation as I have a real opportunity to make an impact as the guy mm -hmm. and just not quite getting that. But it was being realistic about the situation. And so if you're realistic about your situation and you feel like it's better served looking for another opportunity, it's more power to you. You yeah. know, it's 
getting in too early um, or just on, on, on some usual frustrations that you're going to face. Like you're going to be frustrated if you're not playing. You're, you're going to be frustrated because people from home are saying, why aren't you out there? Why aren't you trying? I thought you said that you were going to start. Like <laughs> it's, it's natural, but how are you navigating that? And, and really, again, being realistic, you know, and saying, so sometimes taking a step back and saying, hey, maybe I'm not ready, which yeah. is the hardest thing to do as an being athlete. Being honest. Because everybody was great in high school, you know, or else you wouldn't be at this level. But maybe taking a step back and saying, I'm not ready yet, but I'm progressing to get to that point, you know. And so that that's that's kind of how I'd approach that. Yeah. Is it similar the next step? Like as you go into professional sports, do people kind of like have to learn maybe not everybody, but have to learn a little bit of that patience too. It's like, because it, it, I mean, the gap narrows, right? Like (laughs) narrows tremendously to the point of like, you know, you, you, you have to really be extremely realistic as I have a chance here or, you know, my chance is dwindling down and it's time to put some of those skills that, you know, I learned uh, leading up to this point to something else. You know, but we all hit that. You know, I was yeah. done playing at 25. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought like everybody, I was going to play for 10 years, um, you know, play play pro ball for, for two and a half, you know, for three. And and that was it, yeah. you know, and could 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 I kept going? Could I kept trying? Could I have landed on, on a different team? Would these other leagues pop up? Yeah, sure. You know, that those opportunities were there. But again, it was being realistic. And mm-hmm. in my mind, it, it, it was over. And yeah. so um that that pro that pro thing is 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 even more different because like sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's it's you know, it's it's uh it's it's circumstance, like yeah. a lot of things outside of your control um that that do happen at the pro level and the college level. Sometimes that impacts those situations. Yeah, and I assume I think it was like I want to say it was Herm Edwards. I heard like say it's like specifically like the NFL. It boils down to like it's a systems game, right? And do you land in the right system? So a little bit of the luck kind of type thing, like you're saying, is it's like you could not land in the right system, and it's like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long road, right? No doubt. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. So last question. So. Again, one of the big reasons, obviously, to be able to like share stories of, of like why like continuing with this podcast, but I believe is like, like we all have like a core message that we want to deliver to the world. And most people like, you know, my core message is, is like, I truly believe that like we're the creators of our lives. Like we get to create the experience. We get to create the identity. We get to create how we show up and like what superpowers we bring to the table every single day and how well we want to create or how well we want to continue to develop those and double down on those and continue to learn and all all the things right and so i ask you if you were standing in front of an audience if you were in the middle of a stadium with seventy thousand people and you could only deliver one message what would your core message to them be um whew, uh, i would say you know self self-confidence just confidence in general take you a long way and you know it's we're all at different levels of that you know we're all at different stages of being able to look in the mirror and, and, you know, have that confident vibe and feel about you for whatever you have to conquer for that day. Um, But, you know, again, like, like we've been saying, it's not about reinventing the wheel. Right. For me, it's, you know, uh, you know, from a biblical sense, you know, God made you in your image and his image. 
And so you are who you're supposed to be. And if if you can find ways to be comfortable in who you're supposed to be and comfortable being you, especially in this day and age, it's going to take you far. And by far, it's just you're going to live a successful life that you see fit as yeah. success. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do nowadays because of social media, because it's so easy to compare, because it's it's so easy to to, to put somebody down and to cast somebody aside and to to have Twitter fingers like Drake used to say and 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 talk about folks. And so sometimes you're you're not always comfortable being you or mm -hmm. expressing who you are. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful to have been raised as somebody that accepts everybody, you know, essentially for who they are. And as long as you're not harming somebody, you know, it's all good. Like, Man. it's all good. That's I think that like that's such like a deep like you can literally like again, like my belief, you can have whatever it is you want as like so long as like morally and ethically speaking, like you're not hard, like you're not impeding on anybody else's way right like you can have all the money you want you can have all this like though there's enough of it to go around for everybody <laughs> so well man i appreciate you jumping on um i appreciate the conversation again like i truly believe like stories are what move people and my goal of like continuing to have conversations like this is that you know people can just take one piece away it's like reading a book i don't believe it's like to implement the entire book into your life i think it's like oh man like that really hit home i can totally resonate with that and it just pushes people to take action because I feel like as if you hear somebody else, it creates a little bit of certainty within yourself. And when you have a little bit of more certainty, you're willing to go out and try things, take risks, take on challenges. Um, so, man, I appreciate it. And to everybody else out there, when you guys kick off next week. Yeah, we are eight days. So Eight days. Who you guys open up with again? Michigan, night game. Those are always oh. eight in-state games are always, always good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be excited. I'll be following along this year. So hopefully you guys will continue to follow along. Until next week, love you guys. Talk with you soon. Peace.